They also called it the Titanic of the Great Lakes, which proved to be true. Mm-hmm. They also they know exactly where it was lost, 46 degrees north, 85.0661 degrees west, 729 feet long, powered by some coal-fired... Oh, that's why it was coal-fired. <laughs> coal-fired Westinghouse electric steam turbines, 7,500 ship horsepower apiece. Then they converted it to oil fuel, which is like diesel fuel, mm-hmm. with automated boiler controls in 1971 and 1972. It carried 72,000 gallons of diesel fuel. Nobody, what happened to that? What happened to that diesel fuel that was on board? It didn't even, it did cause an environmental disaster. No. Here a few weeks ago, when that pipeline was struck, uh, they they had 160,000 gallons of oil that was spewed into the ocean, and it mm-hmm. was an environmental This had a great lake. Mm-hmm. 72,000 gallons of diesel fuel on board that ship. Its capacity was 24,000 tons of cargo. American Life Insurance Company actually funded the building of that ship. The ship's value at the time, seven million bucks. Oh, wow. It was the first tanker ever built to the maximum size that would be allowed in the St. Lawrence Seaway. The interior, as far as freighters go, was luxurious. Deep piled carpeting, tiled bathrooms, drapes over the portholes leather swivel chairs, and a guest lounge. There were two guest staterooms for passengers. Air conditioning extended into the crew quarters, which featured more amenities than usual. There was a large galley there, fully stocked pantry, two dining rooms. Except for that day when the cook came on deck and said, "Fellas, it's too rough to feed you." See, I'm going to do a I'm going to do a Wilson here, folks. Northwestern Mutual named the ship after their president and chairman of the board, whose name was Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, there you go. In fact. Fitzgerald's own grandfather and himself had been a lake captain. And his grandfather built and repaired big ships. When they christened that ship on June 7th of 1958, there were 15,000 people there. Probably Mayor Bill Cole. (laughs) He probably took a bunch of money and went down there Uh and took some people from Billings and partied there. Upon the sideways launch of the ship, when they christened it, a lot of ships, they go in head first, bow first. A lot of ships go in from the side. This one, when they cut the chains, it went in from the side. The ship created such a large wave that it doused all the spectators with water and crashed into a pier Destroying the pier before riding itself. Wow. One man watching the launching had a heart attack and died. <laughs> oh, my God. 
It left Wisconsin at 2.15 on the afternoon under the command of Captain Ernest M. McSorley. She was en route to a steel mill. Once again, referring to the ship as a she. 26,116 tons of ore pellets that were going to go to the steel mill. It soon reached her full speed of 16.3 miles an hour. They thought the storm would pass south of Lake Superior, and they missed it. Once again, another weatherman. (laughs) No kidding. Gave me the wrong forecast. We've all done it. Yep. We've all knocked our hay down. (laughs) That liar McGuire, you know, we've heard it all. And I always told Bob it's a good thing his last name wasn't Tucker. Uh Uh-huh. Get it? Got it. Uh, then, then they altered their forecast at seven o'clock that night. They changed it, uh, which didn't give them much warning. You know, you when you move sixteen miles an hour in a lake like that with thirty-five foot winds, and you change your forecast and say we messed up, and in about forty-five minutes there's going to be a big storm there, so you better do something. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't get. Well, Mark and I have been on cruise ships, yeah. I mean, they can change direction and move, but it, it takes a little while. Yep. Gordon Lightfoot, I just see on Facebook this morning, actually posted a remake of the song by a group called The Headstones. They encountered the winter storm at 1 a.m. in the morning on November 10th. Winds, 52 knots. That's 60 miles an hour. The waves were 10 feet high. So they reduced the ship's speed because of the rough conditions. The captain was like Wilson. He was not known for turning around and slowing down. (laughs) At 2 a.m., then the weather service changed the weather again. Upgraded their warning. See, folks, we know what the weather is going to be like 100 years from now. Uh We know the temperature where they couldn't even... Keep an eye on this storm one hour at a time. The weather does what it wants to do, no matter what we do. No matter what we do. So anyway, they changed the forecast at 2 a.m. The Edmund Fitzgerald was traveling faster than the Arthur M. Anderson that was also in the same region. So it hit the storm faster than the other boat. As the storm center passed over the ship's, the winds shifted. At 150, the Arthur Anderson had winds of 58 miles an hour, and then they picked up again, which reduced the visibility. The Edmund Fitzgerald was at that point 16 miles ahead of the Arthur Anderson at that time. Captain Sorley at 3.30 p.m. radioed Arthur Anderson to report that they were taking on water, and they had already lost two of the vent covers and the fence railing on the front of the ship. That's where the problem started. Because those vent covers uh, are the covers that uh, that cover up the, the space between the outer wall of the ship and the inner wall of the ship. And that's what started filling up with water. The Coast Guard warned in a broadcast all shipping... 
that the Sioux locks had been closed and they should seek safe anchorage. At 4.10 in the afternoon, McSorley called the Arthur Anderson again to report they had radar failure, and he asked the Arthur Anderson to keep track of them. So the Edmund Fitzgerald was effectively blind out there in the middle of the store after the storm when they lost the radar. The Arthur Anderson then got within 10 miles of the Edmund Fitzgerald so it could follow it on radar. The captain of the Arthur Anderson was directing the Edmund Fitzgerald towards the relatively safety, uh, safe Whitefish Bay where the winds uh, would not uh, whip up the, the waves as high as they would in the Lake, uh, Lake Superior out there in the middle. And then the Arthur Anderson directed all the other ships in Whitefish Point to report uh, when they would see the Edmund Fitzgerald getting into Whitefish Bay. And then he radioed back to McSorley. This is the captain of the Edmund Fitzgerald and said, I have a bad list of things right now. We've lost all of our radar. We're taking on heavy seas on the deck. And these are the worst seas that we have ever been in ever. That afternoon, 60-mile-an-hour winds in Lake Superior. Arthur Anderson said waves were 25 to 35 feet high. Uh, They had just received a wind gust of 86 miles an hour. And at 710, the Arthur Anderson contacted the Edmund Fitzgerald and asked how she was doing. And the captain of the Edmund Fitzgerald said, we're holding our own. And they were never heard from ever again. Bad feeling. Oh. Those waves. Well, people will tell you the waves up at Fort Peck. Mm-hmm. You know why they call it Dead Man's Basin mm-hmm. up by Rygate? Those waves. I've seen storms up there where those waves are nasty coming across here. Those winds come down out of the mountain valleys between the snowies and the crazies and the belts up there and hit it. And uh, it, it tipped, uh, that lake has tipped over fishing boats and stuff up at Dead Man's Basin. Well, I'm sure. You know, so you can imagine a lake the size of Lake Superior that was all caused by global warming. <laughs> That's how those lakes were formed. Global warming formed those lakes. That's what dried up where we're at right now. We were all underwater here. We were the great sea, and global warming dried us up. Dried up the massive rivers of New Mexico, created the deserts of the southwest, all done by global warming prior to the internal combustion engine and taxes. All of that was done before taxes on major corporations. Oh, yeah. But doesn't matter if you go to college, you know. You're not taught any of these things. You're not taught any of them. They don't teach that stuff. They don't teach you. They don't teach you about the history of the Democrat Party either in schools. How come? How come our students, our young minds, are not learning about the history of the Democrat Party? Now, we all know their history. Mm -hmm. We were all taught their history. We were all taught their stances on slavery, on segregation, colored people of America, uh, their votes through the Democratic Party throughout the year, 
on not giving them the rights to eat in restaurants, ride on buses, live in certain areas. We all know the history of the Democrat Party. We know their votes on the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th Amendment that was denying people their freedoms, their individual liberties, their right to vote. We all know the history of the Democrat Party. So why aren't we teaching that? Why don't we teach the youth the history of the Democrat Party? I mean, they should know that. Mm -hmm. They should know. They still have their moniker, the Democrat Party. Look what we've done to get rid of any moniker in America that someone, some group, some agency would view as offensive. We're tearing down statues and flags. But not the Democrat Party. Mm Mm-hmm. We should just eliminate that from the history of this country, right? Why? Why aren't we teaching the youth? Did you hear Pete Buttigieg? Pete Buttigieg, folks, is now the head of our transportation department. He runs a transportation department. He was a candidate for president. He was a whack job, far left guy. He has no experience in transportation. None. None. The guy was a mayor. None. The guy has never even, probably has never even driven a pickup in his life. Mm-hmm. He's running the transfer. Yesterday, he came out, and with the new infrastructure bill, he wants to target the roads and the highways and the bridges in America. Are you sitting down for this? That are racist. <laughs> That's exactly what I did yesterday, Mark. That is, folks, you are hearing exactly what I did oh when my when I heard his press conference. Oh, my God. We have, in America, we have racist roads and bridges in America. They built them because they knew that African Americans wouldn't be able to use them. They, they went by their neighborhoods where they were living and they looked down on them as they were elevated above the name. This is people. This is what we're getting. You wonder why they're going to get their butts kicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- and they're not letting off the throttle. No. So why, why don't we teach people the history of the Democrat Party? Why? Why don't we teach them what went on at that high school down in Arkansas back in 57? with segregation when they had to call the National Guard in because the Democrats didn't want them going to school there. Why don't we teach? How come we're not teaching the history of the Democrat Party and and teach kids about how proud all these people are in America who were Democrats mm-hmm. with that kind of history? Hmm? That's why I want to get John Tester in here and other people. But they'll never come in. They never want to come in. No, they're never going to put themselves in a position where it's going to be anything but a a positive press conference. They are. That party is the most racist, bigoted party there is right now. Why? Let me. You want me to give you some examples? You don't know what you're talking about. You don't. I'll give you some examples. Let me tell you something. You know why you know why people in America are poor, why they're oppressed, why they're uneducated, why they have no homes, 
You know why? It's because of the color of their skin. That's what Democrats think. Mm -hmm. They think that you are poor and you're oppressed and you're uneducated and you can't get ahead because of your skin color. They, they believe that's their, they tell us that all the time. You want another indication? All right, I'll give you another indication. See, I can play the Democrat game. You have to understand how to play their game. All right? The reason, the reason that minorities in the United States, Asian Americans, Latino Americans, black Americans, the Democratic Party believes this. The reason that they can't vote is because they're not as smart as white people. See, if you put it in those terms Mm -hmm. and don't buy their spin, they think that voting regulations unfairly target people of color in America. So what are they saying? People of color in Democrats believe people of color in America are not smart enough to figure how to vote, register to vote, get to an absentee ballot box, drop off their ballots on time. And they constantly tell America that. They're not able to do it. But the Democrats believe that all of white America can does know how to do it. See, if you if you put it that way, it shows you how racist and bigoted they are. And African-American people, Latino people are going, what is the matter with you? We're smart enough. We know how to vote. Democrats don't think that minorities and people of color in America are smart enough to get identification. That's what they believe. And it's all based on color. See, if you put it in those terms, you're getting you're getting the true DNA of the Democrat Party. And that's just not true. It's just not true. They're smart enough. They know all the rules. Mm -hmm. The Democrat Party are the ones that telling you they're not smart enough to figure out how to vote like all the white people. That's not the Republicans telling you that. It's the Democrats. It unfairly affects minorities of color. So what are they saying? Mm -hmm. That colored people around America can't figure out how to vote on time. They can't can't educate themselves. They're poor people. Even Joe Biden said, look. Poor people are just as smart as white people. He did. He said that during the campaign. They are the most racist party out there, and everybody knows it. And nobody teaches the history of their party. No one. But they change the terminology. They soften it. They manipulate the words. You want another example? I'll give you another example. Let me read you this article I got today. Let me find it here about uh, about Brian Williams from NBC. I saw that Brian Williams. He's he's retiring. Um, oh God, I got to cover that too. <laughs> uh, hold on here, I got to find it because I want to. I want you to read exactly. I want you to hear exactly what they have written. All right. 
Hold on here. Got to get my fingers working here today. I'm not quite up to snuff. Had to take three ibuprofen last night. My back was kind of hurting me a little. I had to do semi-tires yesterday. Uh, let's see here. I know I printed it up here. Um, well, Paul. Dang it. I can't find it here. And I know it's in here. I wanted to read you, though, the exact terminology. Okay. House, Climbing Accords, CMA Awards. Anyway, I know what it said. Brian Williams is retiring from NBC after, after a resurgent career, after reporting false claims, false claims uh, about the war. False claims? False claims. Uh, what he did was, is he lied. Yeah. See, that's, that's, what, that's the kind of trickery they use. Now, if that would have been... Um, Bill O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. It they wouldn't have said false claims. They would have said about blatantly lying about the U.S. position on the war in Afghanistan, or something along those lines. See, this is what they do. This is what they do—a party of trickery—and they've been doing it throughout the history of their party, folks. And uh, you know. I'm. I'm not. If you want to, it's a free country. Right. Yeah. You know. You want to support them. You want to be a Democrat, and you like big government, and you like these, these, uh, these taking care of everything for you, and and all your freedoms being gone, and and uh, your choices being taken away, and all of this kind. You know that that's great. Uh, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. But own it. Yeah. Own it. Own what your party is. Own who you are. Not, own, not not part of it. That's right. Own what you stand for. Right. Own it. I own mine every day. You do. I publicly mm-hmm. tell people every day. I own it. I own it. So you own it. You own it. Own it. Stand up. Be proud that the government is taking over more and more and more of your everyday life. Own it. The government is going to decide when your children's, uh, when they're born, what kind of crap we inject into their body. And and the politicians will make those decisions for And you're happy about that. Own it. Own it. Own, no, own those high gas prices, damn it. Mm-hmm. Own it. They're yours. Oh, that's not Joe's fault. No, own it, man. You own it. You should own that. Own it. Own those, own those headlines. You bet. Another headline today. You know, next week's Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. Big headline today. Agencies throughout America right now are struggling trying to feed people. Own it. Because, folks, just 11 months ago, the United States of America under President Trump did you hear how we were struggling to keep people fed in America? No, you did not. 
Wages were high. Unemployment was low. We had the largest workforce ever. Employment among women, people of color, Mm -hmm. no matter what color they were, was the highest it's ever been. Housing was booming. The economy was booming. We were energy independent and people were not struggling to eat. Now, people in America in just 11 months, they're not eating. Own it, Democrats. Mm -hmm. Own it. Yeah. Own that. That's yours, man. Own those high gas prices. Hmm? Own it. Who owns all the coronavirus deaths since January 20th? Because you sure as the hell made President Trump own all the other ones when the disease first broke out in the country. Mm-hmm. And now who guess who has more deaths on their hands right now? Own it. Don't change the story. Own it. Hmm? Nope. They're not going to. So what does that jerk do at at the conference, the global conferences and everything? He blames everything on the past administration. Well, you know what? It was pretty damn good during that past administration. By the way, China wasn't on the move. No. Russia wasn't on the move. ISIS was gone. Yep. Afghanistan was experiencing the best part of their lives they had had ever in Afghanistan. Women were teaching, walking around the streets, not being shamed. But now look what we got. Oh, and we have... We have people behind enemy lines that are having their fingers cut off, their toes cut off, being tortured, killed. Women and children are being raped in Afghanistan as we speak. And we still have hundreds and hundreds of Americans behind enemy lines. And whose decision was that? Own it. Own the damn thing. That's right. Own it. Own it. Mm-hmm. Come on in any time. It's always easier to argue the truth and to be on that side. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the trial and the investigation from the Durham investigation going on right now? We talked about it yesterday into the Democrats and the Clinton operatives that tried to rig the election and create a false narrative to dethrone a president of the United States because Hillary lost. You got to own that. Own it. Own your trickery. Hmm? Own it. But they don't. And they get away with it. And we teach all of the youth of this country in our colleges and in our high schools. Look at the guy at senior high. Mm-hmm. And we teach him this. We don't teach him the truth. We don't teach him the real history. We just teach how unfair this country is. But there's one guy that won't let you get away with it. And they may silence me someday. And that could happen very soon with the new nominee 
to run the Federal Communications Commission. And John Tester will vote for this whack job. This this person is so far out of touch and they will control all of the media. If they can control the message, mm-hmm. which is what they've done over the last 40 years. And, and mostly what they're doing right that, now. Right. That's why everybody's brainwashed on this. That the, the reason our temperatures are going up because we didn't tax rich people enough. And the reason why the weather has changed for 4 billion years is because man infected the earth. But when... If they're nominated, if this person is nominated for the FCC, this crazy person, they will they will do everything they can to eliminate the conservative voice of America and spew their liberalism and spread it quicker than an oil spill off the coast of California. And John Tester will vote because John Tester is so out of touch with Montana. John Tester is such a liberal whack job from California. And and I am embarrassed to say that he's our U.S. senator. Mm -hmm. And I could sit down at a cafe and have coffee with John Tester and talk about farming and stuff all day long. And we would be the best of friends. But his politics and his voting is so far removed from the state of Montana, I can't even believe we put that man in there. For what he has done, the damage he has done to our state. And here we are coming up on Veterans Day tomorrow, and this man was in charge, and it took a man like President Trump to fix it. Mm -hmm. The Democrats wouldn't even let you fire anybody in the VA system that was awful in ruining the health care of the best men and women of this country. And those were the men and women of our U.S. military. And President Trump got in there and changed the rules. Number one, you can't get in. You go to private care. We'll cover it. Mm-hmm. The best of care for our veterans. Number two, anybody's a cracker ass running one of these organizations that shouldn't be there, you can they can now be fired. Couldn't do it before. President Trump fixed it. Democrats didn't. They're the best of the best, and we treat them like they were the worst of the worst until President Trump got in there. Pay raises came from President Trump for yes, our U.S. military. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. What do our Democrats think of our military? Well, we left $85 billion worth of stuff behind enemy lines, surrendered and left, and left our people behind. You own it. Own that. Mm-hmm. Own it. Own it. I can't wait to see some of the comments on my article yesterday. I wrote about the vaccine for children 60 months out of the womb and uh, gave you the information that was on the news the other night. And and uh, I can't wait to see what all the chicken twits and Instagrammers mm-hmm. and all those people said about it because they all know so much more about medicine, the human body, vaccine, all of that than the doctors and the the researchers and the surgeons from John Hopkins, from the uh, uh, all the other institutes that have commented on it, who have been trained and schooled and have forty years of experience, they all know more because they read something from a liberal publication mm-hmm. somewhere. I can't wait. 
I can't wait to see it. U.S. food banks struggle to feed hungry amid surging prices. Hmm. By the way, you own all of those surging prices, too. Who, who shut down? Who shut down all of the ports, all of the restaurants, all of the bars, all of the stores, all of the hours, all of the mingling, all of the spending, all of the shop? Who shut that down across America? Wasn't conservative governors. It wasn't conservative presidents. It wasn't conservative county health directors or state legislators or any of those. Nope. You know who it was? It was the Democrats. And you need to own it. Mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis kept his state open in Florida. They're doing fine. Right. They got the pandemic beat. They used hydrochloric when they used ivermectin. They used all the antibodies that were available out there. Regeneron and all the rest. They used all of them. Food banks dealing with an increased demand from families. Sidelined by the pandemic. Whoa, incorrect information. That pandemic doesn't have the power to shut down an economy, Mark. It doesn't have the power like Governor Newsom to close every business in their state. It doesn't have the power to close schools. Those decisions had to be made by people, Mm -hmm. people of democratic influence. Mm -hmm. The pandemic did not do that. Surging food prices. Who owns that, by the way? Who owns it? Supply chain issues shut down by whom? By whom? Who owns that? You people own it. Some families will get smaller servings or have to find a substitution for the staples like peanut butter, which is nearly double than what it was a year ago. Double. Peanut butter prices are double from a year ago. Who was in power one year ago? (laughs) One year ago. You own it, Democrats. You own it. Shortages on the store shelves. You can't wipe your butt. That's not because of President Trump. Own it. You going to own it? You better own it because a lot of you are going to be unemployed next November. Food banks are worrying they won't have enough turkey stuffing for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Residents in Oakland, California said they're grateful for the extra help as the price of dairy, meat, and fuel has shot up. Whose fault is that? Whose fault, folks? Come on. Be honest. Think of where everything was one year ago with the pandemic, by Mm -hmm. the way. Mm -hmm. We had a man who rallied, got us the supplies, got us the vaccine. And now look, look where you're at. Own it. When people start throwing out people like Terry McCullough, when people start making the New Jersey governor's election so close that they got to have a recount. That should be the shot heard around the world here. And you 13 Republicans that voted for that massive spending bill, that infrastructure bill that included 
$700 billion of pork and only 550 for infrastructure. And we're going to use part of that to fix the racist bridges and roads in the country. You people better start packing your bags because you're out. You're on your way out, too. I got news for uh, Miss Cheney down in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. You better start finding an apartment in Portland because <laughs> you're not going to win down there either. No. Don't worry. We're going to help. The small business owners, the people that keep this country rolling, the people that hire people, the good conservative people in America will help. That's what Flakes Giving's about. That's right. You can see it every year. These small businesses, those people are struggling, and you know what they do? They send money in so we can feed ten to 15,000 people during Thanksgiving. It's amazing. We're going to make sure they get food for at least that holiday. We always do. Mm-hmm. We always have enough, and we take care of it. And we couldn't do it without the very people in this country that Democrats target. Yeah. They're the ones. So thank you. I got to go read up on racist bridges and how you get to be like that. Yeah, I, 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 uh, Mark. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Here it is, Brian Williams. He remade his career after losing his job at NBC Nightly News for making a false claim about a wartime story. A false claim. A false claim. See how they... Mm-hmm. I I have a question about air supply, and I hate to even <laughs> ask it. I really do. Well, I probably don't even know. Well, you know how, how uh, Brooks and Dunn, mm-hmm. Ronnie Dunn did almost uh, all of the... Sea, uh, or Kix Brooks did almost all of... Who, Ronnie Dunn did almost all of the singing. Right. Yeah, there's only a couple of hits with Kix Brooks on yeah. lead vocal. So on Air Supply, did one guy do mostly all of this of the main singing then? Yep. Yeah. Because in the music business, uh, and they talked about this in the Chicago documentary. <laughs> <laughs> of which you watched wall to wall three times. Uh, many members of the band Chicago have written their hits, but... Like uh, they said, I'm not a lead singer. And it doesn't matter how much you love your song. It's mm. got to be marketable. And hopefully picked as one of the singles off the album because as the writer, you'll make more money than the rest of the band will. But that uh, that Russell Hitchcock sings the majority of the lead. And the other guy doesn't sound bad, but just wasn't his voice on the hits. And in fact, from what I remember, the last time they were here, uh, he only got to do one song by himself. So... And as Glenn Campbell told us when we talked to him, you got to do the hits. When you do a concert, that's what people came to see. You got to do the hits. See, that's why I didn't want to ask <laughs> you, folks. That, I knew. <laughs> I knew what was coming. I, I knew it was, but that's all right. That's why it takes two to tango here. Mm-hmm. All out of love. They sang a lot about love. Mm-hmm. How could men sing about love? They have no idea what it is. Or so we've been told. You're right. 